0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Joined today with X's and O's expert for Inside Texas, Ian Boyd. Uh, Ian is going to help us break down the spring game a little bit. He's written uh, several articles this week uh, about what he saw uh, from the Longhorns. A couple of interesting ones. We're gonna we're actually gonna break down that touchdown pass, uh, the glance route to uh, Xavier Worthy for the touchdown uh, that Quinn Ewers throw uh, through. We're also gonna talk about what he saw. Uh, really from the offense overall, the defense overall, uh, from a schematic standpoint, and then also talk about what he feels like uh, the identity of the teams will be. Welcome in, Ian.
1: Good to be back on with the board.
0: Yep, it's it's time to to try again. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to try to do a couple different things today. First of all, I want to go over uh, something that you wrote earlier this week, and that's talking about the offensive uh, things that you saw. One of them, uh, we met, you mentioned, you started your auto, autograph, or, excuse me, article off talking about uh, the two big TD throws, the, the, the big one to Isaiah Naor, of course, and what that means for what Texas can do downfield, uh, but also that glance route to Xavier Worthy. W- what does Quinn Ewer's arm bring to this table, or, or what, is this more of what Steve Sarkeesian wants his offense to be?
1: Oh, yeah. This is much closer to what he had with Mac Jones. Um, which was probably one of the pinnacles of Steve Sarkeesian offense Uh, last year. I believe they scored against Oklahoma on the same play. They scored on throwing to Nawar on the long pass, but it was very hit or miss last year when they wanted to go deep. Casey Thompson was uh, just really hit or miss. He had limited range. And then once the thumb deal was really seemed to limit that even more Hudson Card had the strong arm, but, uh, they really broke down in the spring game and he has this tendency to land on his toes and he just doesn't get the right touch on some of those deeper throws like he does when he's throwing underneath. Quinn Ewers, different ball game. Not only can he hit any throw on the field, but he doesn't overthrow it either. He'll throw it with touch and the right placement or timing on some of those deeper throws as well. So you're really talking about between that and the addition of Nayor, just Night and day difference between Texas's ability to attack down the field.
0: Um, you know, last year really it was Xavier Worthy or bust downfield. Maybe Josh Moore got open a time or two. Uh, we talk about that, but you brought in and talked about in your article the the uh, on offense the development of another position on offense that you think will also help uh, improve Texas on offense. And and this was interesting to me because I liked how you put it. it we were talking about the tight ends and. You know, you said, you said Cade Brewer and um, Jared Wiley were okay last year blocking, but you think these guys are going to be just as okay in blocking, but much bigger threats in the passing game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then and Sanders, I think Jatavian Sanders, I wish this term was widespread. Dual threat tight end. A lot of times these guys are either really good receivers or they're really good blockers, and it's not very often that somebody is both. Jatavian Sanders looks like he might be pretty close to being good at both. He's definitely a great receiver. His hands are unbelievable. He's fluid running routes down the field, Um, but he's also a good blocker. He showed pretty solid blocking in the spring. You know, they have him in line. They're not, um, they're not, they weren't shielding him from tough blocking assignments. When they ran this one, he was up against um, Alfred Collins, one-on-one. And they asked him to do that a couple times in the game. It didn't go amazing, but uh, he didn't get put on skates or on his butt either. So that just really, that opens up a world of hurt for defenses when the tight end is somebody that you have to worry about both blocking, maybe your defensive end or someone who's a legitimately tough guy to block or running by your safety and mossing them in the end zone. That's, that's just tremendous. Um, and then I think between Helm and him and Billingsley was a willing blocker in the right assignments. I think they're as good at blocking as they were last year for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that was the, one of the questions going in, right, is, yeah. um, you know, could these guys replace the blocking that Cade Brewer did pretty adequate or did more than adequate at, at times last year? Uh, because there is some nuance to it and some experience about picking up the right, right guys and what have you um jared wiley was not a plus blocker so that that's not a uh, you knew that was going to be able to be picked up pretty quickly and pretty easily um you know the the thing that i found interesting um is you mentioned jaleel billingsley and uh he was not known as a good blocker at all at, at alabama and that's one of the reasons why they they lined him up outside so much but as well as his speed um but you felt like he was a willing blocker in the, in the spring game
1: yeah, I think um, if they if they use him, you know, more on small guys, he's not gonna he's not gonna kick out an end on power. He's not a guy you run power behind. But I think bringing him in and out of the box and using him in conjunction with a bigger blocking tight end, he's he's not gonna ruin the play design. He'll definitely he'll definitely do his job, and this he has the willingness. I think is such a big deal. Um, especially for like a flex tight end they just don't look like they've they just look like a fish out of water when they're blocking and he looks like you know he may not be great at it but he's not at least he's not a stranger to it another person
0: you put under the microscope during the uh, spring game was Hayden Connor uh, the sophomore now uh, offensive lineman out of Katy uh, area down in Houston uh, he, you thought he looked pretty good in pass protection uh, in overall, I guess, as a, as a left tackle, which you know, the guy started out as I think left guard or right guard this spring, uh, forced into action outside, uh, simply because of uh, Andre Karich and uh, his issues, uh, with the ankle this year. Uh, what did you see when you uh looked a little deeper with uh, with Hayden Connor?
1: Well, Connor is definitely improving. I thought he was pretty good last year. This year, he's uh, remade his body some, he's cut some weight, he looks. He looks more like a big, powerful guy rather than, you know, a big, like a, you know, Pinkerton's enthusiast. So uh, he looked, he looked very natural outside. He looked already better than Christian Jones, maybe by a fair margin as a pass protector. And he's not been at it for very long. Um, And, And he looked better at
0: tackle as a pass protector, not at guard is what you're saying, right?
1: Right. As, as a, as a Island tackle, I'm one-on-one with a pass rusher. He could go inside or outside and I got to keep him off the quarterback for at least four seconds. He could do that. In, in this context, he could do that. Um, Christian Jones cannot still. He failed in the spring game still when he would get put in a little bit of space, he would get beat inside, uh, which was common for him last year. So I, I think Connor I'm not totally sure. It sounds like they really want to play Christian Jones at right tackle. To me, it seems like he should get a look at guard if they can afford it. Um, I think Connor, I think he's definitely one of the best five linemen. He'll be somewhere in the starting lineup. And I think it's possible that it's at tackle. Maybe it's even at left tackle if they feel like, like, say, Devin Campbell ends up being one of the five best and he's most comfortable at tackle, but maybe right tackle. I don't know. They have a lot of options. I'm going to. We'll debate a million different possible lineups before week one and gotcha. maybe afterwards.
0: I think that uh, the overall takeaway that, that I gained and what you wrote in conclusion in the offensive article was the versatility Texas can come at opponents with this year. You think, uh, the, given the, uh, given, uh, what you saw from the tight ends, it allows them to go two tight ends at times with 12 personnel. Uh, you saw Isaiah Nayor and what he can do deep, uh, They, you know, you wrote they can do it to you with packages, certain packages, whether that's two back, one back, two tight ends, uh, no, no running backs. They can come at you with tempo, speed uh, and uh, even condensed area type stuff uh, this year. I think um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, I think that you also mentioned, I think the quote was opponents who lack flexibility, veterans or proper preparation or could be in for a world of hurt that's those are pretty strong words is that really what you saw out of the spring game you saw enough to kind of put that out there
1: well you see that um you said they have all these component parts so you know that possibility is there uh, we know sark has done things like that in the past i mean he did some of that last year um and we know brennan marion coming in Brandon marion has a lot of novel ideas about different formations and packages to try to uh, put defenses in binds. It's really similar to Brian Harsin. Uh, people probably remember Brian Harson would, he did all sorts of wild stuff. Uh, he had the wild Fozzie package. He would get, he would line up with lots of tight ends, but then throw the ball. He'd line up with lots of receivers and then run the ball. He was always up to something. I think Texas is going to look a lot like that. And um, Oklahoma, totally shut it down in 2011. People probably remember that a little painfully. But Oklahoma, you know they're preparing for Texas every week. The teams that aren't putting in that level of dedication and, and preparation, it just becomes just a nightmare trying to convince, trying to teach your players like, okay, when they're like this, you got to look out for this. When they're in this formation, you got to look out for this. It's, you just you just end up it's like tempo, only it's not tempo. You just end up catching people with their pants down because they just don't even know how to line up or what to look for. All
0: right. Let, why don't we do, why don't we try now to go over that glance route touchdown. I want you to take us through uh, the pass. This came uh, about a halfway, th- a little bit more than halfway through the scrimmage. Um, almost to the end it was, of it. Quinn, you were the lockout, he, right? What's that?
1: It was in their red zone lockout drill. I think.
0: Okay. That's what it was. Yours um, uh, hit worthy uh, up, up against uh uh Deshaun Jameson uh, in man coverage. Uh, Jaron Thompson looked like he was lost a little bit because he was trying, coming up to play the run. Uh, give us an idea of what that glance route looks like and take it, take us through it uh, if you would.
1: Yeah. So it's an RPO run pass option. The line and the tight ends were all run blocking. And they're run blocking this famous NFL play called duo that Texas ran some last year. It's like a power run, but with no pulling guards. So double team missed tackle, double team missed tackle, tight ends are blocking out here. And the running back comes up behind the double team and he reads the middle linebacker who's not blocked. If the middle linebacker runs downhill to fill this lane, the running back is cutting that back. If the, line, if the linebacker stays wide to stop the cutback, he's just taking it downhill. This is the play that Roshan Johnson scored on when he ran like 60 yards in the spring game. He just pushed it right up here behind the double team. The linebackers got lost, the safeties got lost, and he spit it out for a touchdown. They ran this play earlier to Casey Kane, and Quinn Ewers threw the glance up here. And uh, Jaron Thompson came down the same way. Jaron Thompson sees run. He's in a quarters coverage. He sees the run. He starts to come down to make sure Bijan doesn't spit the ball backside for a big gain. The first time Ewers was able to get it past him, but it was better coverage and he threw it behind Casey Kane and it was incomplete. This time he sees Jaron Thompson come down. He pulls the ball out of Bijan's stomach, lays it perfectly over Jaron Thompson's head, and Jaron Thompson is jumping. So the level of touch on that pass, and when you see it from the end zone cam, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. A lot of guys cannot do that. Hits worthy in stride. Jamison was beat. Jamison. He needed to be helped there. He needed Jared Thompson to hang back for a minute. I don't think it was all on Jameson, but he, he hits Worthy, gone, touchdown, Texas fight. Um, they're going to have a lot of plays like that this year where they um, they have Nayor or they have Witt or they have Worthy running glance routes. This is what they made their money their money on at Alabama with Tonga Vailoa and with Mac Jones. And you're worried about the run game. Guys get sucked in and then the quarterback's Throwing it past him on a glance route to a receiver in stride—it's very explosive.
0: If, if I remember correctly, this is interesting because you're talking about the red zone. If I remember correctly, the way Texas defended that in the near midfield when Kane—that Kane, that Kane in completion came—the safety stayed back on it too. He wasn't sucked in with the run. Whereas in the red zone, the safety is more likely to be sucked in with the run, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thompson, um, Thompson hung back a little better against Kane. And he forced the throw into a a more narrow window. But I mean, again, even on the one that they hit to worthy to, to lay the ball over a safety and then down at the, at the numbers of the receiver in stride is really something. So. Gotcha. All
0: right. Let's, let's, I appreciate that. I think people are going to enjoy that. Let's talk about the defense real quick. Um, And, you know, I think that you had a good point in that, um, uh, you were talking about how uh, people uh, were. Uh, I, I want to say this the right way. Um, I want to say this the right way. People were uh, seeing a vanilla defense, uh, mostly out of Texas. Um, and what do what do you what do you mean by that? What is what is that vanilla defense versus what you might see otherwise?
1: Well, they ran a four-two-five in the spring game, which is not what they're going to run this season. They played with two edges. Um no, this is not a great example because they have an extra player on the field in this example. But they, it was like the two-four-five, but the the edge players were playing with their hands in the dirt, like defensive ends. Which I just, I don't think they're going to play with that personnel very much next year. Moreau's confirmed they're going to play with. Uh, three bigger bodies in their nickel package rather than with two edges they'll just play with one they didn't stunt so the defensive linemen didn't like trade gaps or responsibilities they didn't blitz and uh i think it's partly why the offense didn't run the ball that much is because it wasn't really a scrimmage for um running their base defense and and executing their their run game schemes or their run game defense it was more of a um Passing scrimmage, which is pretty typical for these events. So, um, so no. Let me let me just no yeah, stunt. Surprised.
0: Yeah, no stunt, no blitz, no three-three-five. Yeah, very. So vanilla. not their
1: not their base defense and not their more aggressive tactics.
0: Got it. And and so, what did you see? Uh, even though obviously you said it's a passing scrimmage, what did you see that from the defense that you thought was encouraging and or discouraging?
1: Well. The run defense was not great. Um, I think we can caution that a little bit with what we just said, which is that they were not playing probably the main defense that they've been practicing for stopping the run. So uh, that's a little less of a, of a stain on the, on the game. So that was, but that was definitely one of the, the negatives on the positive side, we got to see their coverages. They didn't run the coverages that they ran in the spring game I believe are the coverages they're going to run next season. I don't think that they scrimmaged the wrong coverages, you know. Um, and what they did was definitely different than last year. They had Jade Barron or uh, Michael Taff in the nickel and they would play a lot more man coverage over the slot with Barron or Taffy. And, they, uh, and then they disguised with their safeties, which they did a lot last year. But the big difference is being able to play man coverage on the slot. They did not do that last year. Well,
0: is that because they've got Jade Barron? I mean, that's what you wrote in your article is that man coverage on the slot, Jade Barron makes that more possible because he's just a better player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen Cook take that on. It seems like he maybe could have done more than they used him for last year. But one way or the other – Barron is good at it, and they obviously moved him to the slot because they want to play man coverage on the slot. And uh, that opens up a lot of different new possibilities for the defense that we didn't see last year. Um, the other thing
0: you mentioned, you, while you said that they didn't necessarily do a good job of, um, of uh, defending the run, one thing that you think they did do a good job of this year compared to last year, of course, in the Oklahoma game, was defending the counter. Uh, you had some some ideas of what Baron Sorrel really did, and, and even Ovio Gufu uh, did to counter that this year compared to what they did a year ago.
1: Yeah. So last year, um, when Oklahoma in particular ran counter at their ends, what, time sh- out,
0: explain to people what counter is for those people that don't that are football newbie. All right, that, that yeah. football just they don't really understand it.
1: Well. On a counter run, you're going to leave, say, there's an edge down here. I'll shred it with an E, so it's real clear. This is where Texas was weak last year. On a counter run, the tackle across from him is blocking down inside. And so he's initially free. But the, he's only free because the backside guard is going to come around and smack him. And the design of counters, typically the end is unblocked. He races upfield, and then the guard comes and just ear holes him and smacks him. Um, The way it would play out last year is that the end would come unblocked. He'd get in the backfield. He'd kind of understand what was going on, but he'd take the guard on pretty passively. And he may not get just driven out, but he uh, he would get sealed outside at best. Sometimes he would get driven out, and then the ball could go inside of him. And they just got they just got run over by that play over and over again. The way that they want to play it is for the end, to get upfield, recognize that he's unblocked, look for the guard, and then get up here and smash into him as deep in the backfield as possible, and to smash him on this side of his shoulder. So it just kills the lineman's momentum. It kills the angles of the play. And the ball, either the running back is running into a pile of bodies, or he's turning to the sideline trying to get outside and then everybody can run him down.
0: All right. I, I guess I, I, I that's, think that's a great, no, I think that's a great explanation you um, know, uh, for people to understand it. Um, overall uh, you still question the talent at linebacker uh, based on what you saw.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, we didn't see a lot, but there wasn't, there wasn't anything there to make us think that, you know, they have, the league's best inside linebackers um overshone looked like he mostly knew where to be which is an improvement and one that you'd expect given that he finally had a offseason. there was still actually a couple moments where he was a little late recognizing his assignment and uh, coverage but um and he got also he got pancaked one time where he got caught inside and game over um so they're just they just don't have you know traditional big thumping impact linebackers. But I, I don't know. I think the same about them as I've, as I've always surmised, which is they'll probably be a lot better this year just because they'll be clean. They'll be covered up pretty well by a three down line and they know where to be. So just them being more aggressive and not running themselves out of plays would be a major improvement over last year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, overall, you wrote a, you wrote a, the last or the final piece of this, Three uh, trio of pieces, I guess, that you wrote this week following the spring game. You wrote the offensive piece and the defensive piece that we talked about. Uh, You wrote about a a team identity piece based on the spring game uh, today for Inside Texas. Uh, You know, you mentioned that the versatility skill on offense, you came back to that as an overall pressure point, kind of, and uh, talked about uh, the Ability to, to just have a little bit better talent on the field, maybe tighter in coverage on defense, are things that should work in Texas's favor. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting. You went back to the – at the very end of it, you went back to uh, talk about uh, the offense, and you said, you know, the versatility and skill on O, we could be talking about Texas out Big 12-ing the Big 12. Is that really – is you know, netting it all out based on what you've seen – And what we know, uh, Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, even a brief look at Isaiah Nayor, what he can do. Is that really what you're looking at right now? It seems to me that, that it's possible, but it also seems to me that Texas needs more out of its quarterback and slightly more out of its offensive line as well.
1: Well, one of the hallmarks of good Big 12 teams is they often don't actually have that great of a quarterback or that great of an offensive line. They just have guys that know what to do, and then they use spacing and tempo and really good receivers to uh, do all the heavy lifting. Like you look at like Mike Gundy's teams, you know, Mason Rudolph came back for his extra year for a reason, and it was because he was not like in high demand for the NFL. The um, same has been true of uh, many of the Big 12's famous quarterbacks. When you have these receivers and you have a system which uses, you know, space, run pass conflict, tempo, you can make life a lot easier for your line, and you can make life a lot easier for your quarterback. So um, I I tend to think that if they get where they are on offense with their, with their running backs and receivers and everything, probably I'm more in the camp where I think either of these quarterbacks could probably have a really big year and be very successful next season. Um, as it happens, Card is more talented than your average Big 12 quarterback, and Quinn Yours is, you know, above and beyond. He's closer to what Oklahoma has, and, you know, possibly better than what Oklahoma even has had in the last few years. We'll see how it turns out. So they do have that, but I, I yeah, I really think it's more about just having reliable skill players and then setting them up for success to dominate games. I think Texas can play that game and play it very well.
0: Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, uh, I, I've been thinking about it. I think the next thing we need to do when you're on the chalkboard, I want you, I'm going to want you to, or on the whiteboard as it is, uh, I want you to come up with three to four of the bread and butter plays of Steve Sarkeesian's offense and, and kind of show them to us and walk us through them uh, as we go forward. Um, as always, please join us at InsideTexas.com. Ian, myself, several others there each and every day uh, writing articles, following uh, recruiting, following the team. Uh, some people are putting their name into the portal. Fort uh, leaving Texas right now. Texas obviously recruiting kids from the portal as well to try to finish out this little run uh, of the portal. And then uh, it's off to summer recruiting. The coaches are out right now and about on the road. Uh, also, if you enjoy these videos or this podcast, please subscribe to them. Uh, it's free to subscribe to them. Click the bottom right uh, button on uh, YouTube. It's a red button. Please click there. Uh, Or if you listen to podcasts, please subscribe to those too and get them in your feed. Uh, Ian Boyd of Inside Texas. Thank you for uh, spending time with us. Uh, For Ian,
1: I'm Bobby Burton. We'll see you next time.